<laughs> and here we are. Yes, indeed. Yeah. A blessing and an honor it is to be here in communion with you, Savon Bomar. I feel like it's been a long time coming, and to have it so synchronistically placed yes. on your birthday, we met on November 22nd. Yes. That's October 22nd. Yeah, we're in the time machine, so. <laughs> but here we are in 11 11, November 11th. So it's like, you know, over the small amount of time that we have had the opportunity to connect, I've witnessed how brilliant you are in living your Dharma. Mm. And I feel like there's a few really special individuals who I've had the opportunity of meeting and also interviewing here on my podcast. And every time that I have the opportunity to meet someone of your vibrance, of your frequency, it's almost like everything that happens within that space is just divine. Yeah. I mean, I've been feeling that too. Like the, the beauty of this tribe and this family is that we're resonating and it's attracting us together and it's doing that also at a great time for the world. Definitely. You know, because we're ushering in a new dynamic of everything, mm -hmm. and all of us have been on our tenants, <laughs> right? And, and our tutelages, and really, really honing in our skills. And now, you know, we want to show that beauty and show that gift to the world. Yeah. And so, I definitely want to give thanks. I also got a chance to participate in some of your amazing yoga classes. Definitely. You know, and and really had the opportunity to just stretch and breathe more into my body, which is always welcome. You know, especially if, you know, you're going in the mind a lot. And I think that is really some of the context that we're going to be dig digging into today is about, you know, balancing out, you know, these forces and making it all work together for us, right? Yeah, essentially I feel that the practice of yoga has been absolutely instrumental in allowing me to align into some of the most incredible experiences that I've had in my lifetime. Hmm. And I feel that we're living in a current time where the frequency of reality is only bringing forth more of these really well put together moments. Yes. And I feel like that is a true alignment of presence. And that's why we're here right now. Yes. And so with this great opportunity to have, you know, this communion of thoughts and this opportunity to really collaborate in a time when a lot of people are driven by fear. Mm -hmm. Distractions are running amok. And I feel that right now more than ever, it's important for us to share from a place of our hearts. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, this is also crunch time. So whatever <laughs> is going on at whatever the magnitude it is, mm -hmm. there's something equally as beneficial going on. And you just may not find that many people standing in that line, yeah. right? So we want to get more people into themselves and benefiting from this opening that we're having mm -hmm. from an energetic level, from a cosmic level, rather than kind of letting somebody else create their next day and their next week, yeah. next month, next, next year for them, right? So that's what, you know, we look into sovereignty a lot, and I mm -hmm. feel like that that's a big part of sovereignty is just kind of taking over your power. And speaking of sovereignty and taking over your power, I feel that when it comes down to it, the practice of yoga is exactly that practice. Mm. Sovereignty, knowing thyself. Yes. Really diving deeper into understanding what makes you the being that you are and what makes the vibratory frequency of your talents, 
your intellect, your body, your DNA to allow you to move into a harmonic, a harmonic path of really realizing your purpose. Yes. And I feel like since the time that I met you, I was like, this guy is on point with his purpose. Mm. He's so aligned that, you know, he's created this paradise in <laughs> Costa Rica. I mean, this is one of my favorite places to visit and to have the opportunity to be literally right down the way from where Envision Festival happens, yes. which is where I had my first experience of Costa Rica. Yeah. And literally seven years ago. And wow, so it, stuff is just lining up. So, yeah, we got a <laughs> galactic alignment going on here, basically. And I always like to, to really look at that as the, the fingerprint of the divine, right? Because mm -hmm. the probabilities are like, oh, we'll never get those kind of probabilities so something special is happening. And I feel it, you know, that's another thing. It's like, you can see 11-11 on the clock, you can see all these things, but it is about what you're going to make of it. So the yep. thing that I really, really admire about your work is, you know, you get right into it. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about when you have something that you perfect on that level, it will take you everywhere in life. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I, I really want to make sure is very clear to even our listeners yep. is that you put that work and that time in on yourself and you will take yourself everywhere. There's no place that you won't go where someone won't welcome you because we have a unique gift to give. Yeah. And so just, you know, harmonizing with that and the mentorship is in play too. Like mm -hmm. I think all of us, every leader has had to learn how to follow and how to listen and you know, how to pay attention. And now just bringing that back into a setting where everybody feels rebellious, mm -hmm. you know, because kind of what comes with that is that, okay, I don't need anybody to tell me, but you know, wind is talking to us, yeah. you know what I mean? Water is talking to us, so, and it's living through us. So it's like just moving ourselves away from feeling like we're so alone and that we're the only ones to realizing that, that elemental foundation that we have under us and how to integrate that into our daily lives again. And yeah, so the resonance is, is high in the space. <laughs> truth indeed, truth yes. indeed. So with the resonance being as synchronistic as it is, I wanted to ask you, when was the first time that you practiced yoga? And when did your sense of self-discovery and journey towards understanding who you were begin? Woo! How much time we got? <laughs> Let me, uh, let me nutshell it then, but, you know, so yoga, wow, man, the first time I practiced yoga had to be, I would just have to ballpark it, maybe 15 years ago, mm -hmm. and, but I would say, you know, trying something and practicing is two totally different things, so I would say I tried yoga, <laughs> right, because it was trending, and I love the shavasana. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part. And, um, you know, always looking for that impact. So, you know, just really seeing how it all processes, like, you know, being working out since I was 15, there was a certain idea of what I felt like it was to be in shape. Mm -hmm. And that had nothing to do really with flexibility, as we know, with the system that we use for working out. And I graduated from that, though, to, like, understanding how much ground you need, legs, basically, and how Foundation. important those legs are, right? And somehow in that process, I came into yoga, and that's when I got acquainted with flexibility. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, anytime I, you enter into some of these uh, performance things, or you think you're maybe in a competition, you start seeing a person with their leg bent all behind everything, you're like, I'm going to be like that next week. 
And of course, that does not happen unless you just ripped up everything. So there was this process where I became more flexible. And that, of course, responded in my life with, with the flexibility of how I was dealing with things. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it became a rule of thumb for me to make sure that I stayed in the yoga. And after a while, though, I will admit, I didn't really understand the dynamics. I don't think teachers really sat down and explained the dynamics to me about the different types of yoga. Mm -hmm. So then I can try to find something that was more like where I was trying to go with it. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely was excited to be in your yoga, literally excited, because I felt like that not only was I getting the spiritual integration, I was also getting the, the entombment with my body and the results that I was looking for. So it was overall entertaining to me, which I think that mm -hmm. You know, the old systems are always saying, you don't need to be entertained. But, you know, this is 2020, so we can actually have a lot of fun and that's really grow at the same time. And so that, that to me is the innovation that's being brought into the space. Now, as far as my spiritual growth and, and engagements, you know, many people always say that they've been spiritual all their whole lives. And I really believe they're telling the truth. My stuff was like on 10x because my mother was pretty aggressive at making sure that she understood where God was. And she kind of. What do you mean by aggressive? Oh man, like meaning that everybody must go, we all must do this now, there's no. And you know, so meaning the reality, my reality based on the religion that we were choosing at that point was completely morphed into that. I mean, it wasn't mm. odd to come in and there was like you know, uh, onion dome on the house and, 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 and drapes and, and incense burning because now, you know, we're in the Persian tradition. But my mom, she was going in. And in that process, of course, I was young, so I was absorbing a lot. And a lot of seeds were planted. Mm -hmm. Yep. And in that process of having a slingshot effect, because I don't want to, like, say, oh, yeah. And so that's how I became so spiritually <laughs> inclined. Actually, it was the slingshot effect mm -hmm. because I needed a contrast from that. So somehow when I hit around 12 or 13, I was, like, able to try to take over my own life, even though that sounds mm, weird for a 12 or 13-year-old. But I was there, and, like, I decided I wanted to get away from all that, and I didn't want anything else to do with going to church or going to the mosque or anything. And it was interesting because I ran the whole gambit of what, you know, young life would be like. And in my early 20s, though, I had that first seed kind of bud into a plant mm -hmm. where I went full circle on life at that point And I started feeling like I needed to really nurture this spiritual connection that I always had. Definitely. And, uh, and get more in tune with that. Yeah. And when you first started nurturing that spiritual connection, did you find that the practice of yoga was amplifying that spirituality? Shoot, the, actually the interesting part was is yoga, and that's the interesting thing also about, you know, dogma, is that yoga, like, what, do, you do, do you talk about yoga in Islam? Do you talk about yoga in Christianity? It's not even a, a dynamic, and that mm -hmm. also lets us understand how it can only feed only one part of our consciousness, because there must be a total integration. Yeah. So my yoga and spirituality came together actually when I was reaching more of my mid-30s. Mm. Right. And and then I could fully process it also for what it was that because I came to know of it through the Eastern traditions and the capabilities of unlocking Kundalini. And, you know, and that yoga was really to do that. So I didn't come into it from a level of that yoga is a way to, you know, help your mind and help you, you know, because it does all those things. I was just immediately introduced to these were the movements these men and women were making to cultivate this energetic force through their being. Yeah. And so when I came into it like that, that's what allowed me to get into it and stay into it for a prolonged period 
and of course it enhanced because this is these are things that I always like to say is that you sometimes you have to sell something to somebody. Sometimes you have to convince people of something. Yeah. Yoga is when you try it, you f- see the first day, like yeah. I said, shavasana, the first day, you're like, wow, <laughs> wow. And so once I have one of those wows, including the knowledge that I had learned about breathing mm-hmm. and how to breathe properly, because that was another thing. So I got launched into the yoga, but the teacher that I was working with then didn't really place much emphasis on the breathing matching with the position. So to be honest, and that's what I'm just saying, though, it happens. But, you know, to be to master something, you know, it doesn't mean you always go and just sign up and say you are that. You need to spend the time in knowing everything about it. So I guess, you know, when the gym hires a yoga teacher, maybe the qualifications are less. It's different. But, hey, we got something, right? So, but... Because I didn't understand the connection between the breathing and the yoga right away, I was only benefiting from a certain part of it. Mm. Because I had already started breathing, but it wasn't logical for me to put together that, yo, when this move goes out, you should do this. And, you know, I think a little more, so they tell you, you know, breathe, but there needs to be a direct emphasis. And so once that direct emphasis was made and I started breathing, while going through these positions and being able to experience even the altered state of consciousness, but still actually going through, it opened me up to something different. This wasn't just like, okay, I'm going to go and get my abs tight or go and get my muscles yeah, big. This was yeah. like a whole overhaul to my consciousness, which I don't think you can even experience in normal workout. And I'm saying that as a person who has been, you, know, you can reach many zones, Zen, you can run until you feel like you're never getting tired again. But you know, the, the flexibility of the of the consciousness and meld with the body and the spirit is like a, a wondrous engagement. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And that's honestly why I take such integrity with how I teach and why I teach because I've literally taken it to be a self-evident practice that has allowed me to bring forth harmony in my life. Yes. And I feel that that's really where it starts is with the breath. Yes. And then when we connect the breath and the movement together, we find a full symmetry to bring forth harmony and then it's like your life is melodic your life is synchronized and this is another example of just that is having the opportunity to be with you over these last few days where we've gone deep dive into not just the practice of yoga but how we can use that clarity and then help build forth a vision for something that will be sustainable for communities upon communities around the world absolutely you know that that's the action right I really feel like that um, what happens is is that sometimes in esoteric teachings, they are constantly separating the bodies. So they're always like your mental body and then, the, you know, your spirit body. And, you know, sitting with the masters, they always talk about how this is not a good idea to like, unless you're just logically analyzing something, to split apart the bodies as if they one can be detached from the other mm-hmm. and i find that uh that kind of happens with them talking about the mental body because yes in the meditation you definitely want to have supreme control over the mental body the mental consciousness however when you come out of that meditation a sloppy mind is going to produce sloppy thoughts yeah. and being able to put all of your intelligence if you may in a proper order to where it can serve you you know especially the symbolism kind of gaining an awareness of a blueprint of how life functions is also how the the mind, if you may, is able to work itself out to keep up with the spirit and the physical body as these, you know, these uh, courses are going on. 
and we're continuously turning our wheel in our consciousness. So I've always been deeply inclined to making sure that my mental body is in alignment with my physical and my spiritual body. And I've found definitely some supreme connections in all of that. And, uh, and it also allows you to breathe easier because there's a certain language being spoken, especially within the Western occultism, et cetera, that if it doesn't get paired very well with its original meaning, which is inside of you, it becomes an external thing. And I think we were talking about that a little bit when we were talking about the, the rabbit in the hat mm -hmm. and, you know, even what a pentagram is and what a hexagram is. And, you know, if we are sending that energy out, we just see the symbol and we think the symbol has power when really the symbol is that of us and we have the power mm -hmm. and we need to now take all the rest of the story and align it that way and it'll restore the power. Yep. And uh, so that's always a fascinating point about living in this existence. This is why I always believe that the glass is still half full and it's because the world at large, in far as large percentages, have still yet to discover that. And even with your practice and what you've learned with your body and how it makes you feel, we, we're in a world that is yet to discover that. So I'm always an optimist in that state because that means that the moment that we get a higher percentile of that kind of growth, then we will see how that morphs the reality. So the same thing that we're doing right now with, or, or the humanity is doing right now with what it is dealing with right now that same effect and energy and how that's a, how that's happening to the world we can easily reverse that energy into another field and then we would see the results the great thing about it is is that we would also be seeing the direct results from nature mm -hmm. and how nature responds to love and nature responds to an order and and an awareness like that you know i'm here you conscious because i'm also here with you too and that's what i got a chance to really learn a lot about in being here in costa rica Hmm. Yeah, it's just all trees. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, when you say that, it just really brings me back to this whole concept of all matter being made up of atoms. Yes. And these atoms are vibrating at a frequency yes. that allows them to be symbiotic. And yes. thus we have an ecosystem where everything is providing value for one another. And thus we are all in this together. Yes. And yoga speaks to this on so many different levels. Yes. You know, the eight limbs of yoga is literally to get to this state of full unity, samadhi, which is the full realization that your being is connected to all beings, which is a sacred energy of spirit. Yes. And I feel in having the opportunity to be here and to learn about, you know, secret energy and the different things that you are putting out to help educate others on this what I would call it's it's a like you're bound to come to this realization mm, yeah yeah you're <laughs> you know it's an awakening <laughs> for some and, yes. and I feel like it, it was an awakening for me as well at a certain time but I feel that we all awaken within our lifetime at the right time yes and yes. Uh, so I wanted to ask you with this this concept of time and energy how do you feel that time and energy is progressing to bring forth the optimism of your perspective mm. because i know so many people who are in a space of feeling you know down on what's going on in the world and they're feeling like hopeless yes and um how do you keep the faith i, I really do that with with my own 2020 version of mantra mm. <laughs> And it brings me into like core maxims since again, the mind has a tendency to work. So I like to give the mind something that it can chew on and, and find some 
some satisfaction with and like okay now I, I understand how that will work let me keep progressing because our lives are all not going to happen in one moment so it's like this even with what we were talking about earlier perception is what is dividing things like if I'm looking at a, a cow I'm not looking at a, a monkey so I have to use perception as a way to feel around this world yet when I go internally, all everything is connected and entwined. Mm -hmm. So it's a paradoxical thing. And in that same vein, my mantra is about like, okay, if I'm feeling a little emoed out, it happens. You know, there's a roller coaster. This is an earth where water. <laughs> I'll really, really center into just the awareness though is that, but if you thought you won the lottery though, and you really, not the play play, but the real, you went last night, <laughs> You bought the ticket, you know, you're all emoed out, it's your normal role, you just put the dollar in there, and you know, you just look in that morning for a little, little glimmer of hope that lasts about, you know, as long as they can call out those numbers, and it drops all your numbers, and all your numbers line up. What is your behavior going to be like right then? What is your energy going to be like then? But nobody gave you that money yet. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? It's just the story. Yes. And <laughs> you won't be, if they say, yeah, you got to come in tomorrow, you're not even going to be sleeping that night. You're going to have so much energy. You're going to be calling all these people. So yeah. in the real world, then that means for sure that how we are in our consciousness is truly affecting how we're interacting with the world. Mm -hmm. So this is the power of choice, which many people like to kind of, uh, I would say cast off and they just kind of like give their choices away and they're actually the world's been dealing with that in quite a bit because it seems more ideal to have something else making choices for you that may be able to make a better decision but the truth is because nobody knows you like you nobody can really make a better decision on what you, you. need right so in everything I, I just started realizing that there was a lot of self-inflicted misconceptions that made no damn common sense and as long as I kept subscribing to that it was just showing me how far I was away of reaching the stage of an initiate the stage of an adept mm -hmm. because this didn't stop when I started learning a lot of knowledge it didn't even stop when I went through a few spiritual experiences it began to put itself into place and subside in a certain way it it had to order itself mm -hmm. and that's what I feel like with everything is that we want to get we want to get rid of things but there's actually nowhere to put things mm. and what I mean by that is like we can't just throw things away yeah. and expect for it to be gone it goes somewhere so life is really like that for me where I know that there's a lot of things especially when you start learning more and more there's a lot of things that you realize are sometimes dangerous and powerful. Anything very powerful is also dangerous, mm -hmm. but you need to know where to put that and to be able to trust yourself with the responsibility of having that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that that's what all this is about now in this earth world and what's playing out is, is that you have an immense amount of power and ability that's already given to you. It's your allotment. You're sitting really inside of it and centered in it. However, to get the keys to it, you need to be able to unlock the door to yourself. And yoga and, and these ancient traditions, that's what our ancestors gave us to be able to, when we were finally ready to open the door, because also when we study this deeply, we find that age, ages and experiences play big roles. Mm -hmm. So even sometimes, lifetimes, it appears, could pass by. Since we're sharing DNA, lifetimes could pass by before your number is called. 
you know, and meaning that you're now ready to, okay, this is what I'm about to do is go into self-discovery, You've right? let go enough to make the space to be able to yes. receive your highest frequency of vibration, which will then be your manifestation. Yes. Like <laughs> they say, I can't put nothing in a hand that already has something in it. You know, you're going to have to let it go and then, you know, we can feel it. Mm -hmm. And But it's interesting, though, because when I process all of that and I think about myself at, when I was younger... Somebody could be talking that, talking this exact thing, and I can't say I would have been able to, I would definitely be able to comprehend what was being said, but whether or not I wanted to apply that to my life at that moment would have been the question. Mm -hmm. So what I work from now is the space of that being, mm -hmm. and them approaching what it is that I'm offering, and then determining if, that, if I could get that younger me, if you may, to actually come online right then, because I was mindful enough to figure out how to speak their language based on the experience that they're going to through right then, right? And because ultimately what I feel like is anytime we engage with another person, because of how energy is moving, there is actually an objective there. So if I'm just talking here with you, obviously, and you're not going to say anything back, it's not going to be a good dialogue. So my goal of saying something is to get a response back or elicit some type of response from you. So I started realizing since I was so invested in getting elicit responses from others, I should probably invest time in understanding communication and how to actually really achieve what it is that I was setting out to do. Mm -hmm. Or else it just becomes like a point-to-point -point system of rep repetitive engagements that only have to do with a weird part of your, your personality that has not yet developed into the true you. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like people who I would feel are not really ready to communicate on the level of receiving and giving Indeed. are just looking to you know, utilize the conversation as a means to get from point A to point B. Indeed, they kind of drive right through it. It's never like it was actually there in front of them. They can really go to the next thing mm -hmm. and forget that they were there. And I always feel like even now, you know, with us being together, that's why I've been like so excited all week. And I just kind of go in a frenzy for one moment, like, yo, all right, you good? And it's just that I'm so aware of the moments that we're in. I'm always trying to maximize the moment to like the full, like we could jump from the sky right now, kind of, yeah, and feel yeah. that feeling, right? It's been incredible. And it's so, been incredible. You know, it's, it's been also something that I feel like is a long time coming and it's building, mm -hmm. right? Because even to, you know, find you here in Costa Rica and a lot of the stuff that you've been engaging with all around your world, the schedule is just slab, you know, you, you know, your passport is worn out, you know, and this kind of thing. And, but just, you know, being able to land into the space and have so many simultaneous connections at one time, mm -hmm. you know, it's really also for me from observing other people coming in, the sign that Costa Rica likes you. Because I always see this place as, a massive being mm. and this is the center of america and so it's always great to make great change from the center of something because you kind of cover all bases yeah and so this is a beautiful time that i feel like manifestation is actually meeting the beings that are ready and can take on that charge to really be able to boost others yeah. because this is all we're doing is we're we're taking immense amounts of awareness power and then we're distributing that to others in the increments in which they can handle it. Because if you give a being too much power, this is like listening to a person talk about something that you don't understand at all. You know what I mean? It's not harmonized with you. And I feel like all of us in many ways, and that's why I do the most that I can to just give anyone anything that they can digest. Because then they're going to then take that digestion and fertilize something else with it, right? So yeah. we see that in nature that each of us are... Mm -hmm. An alchemical vessel, and the wild stuff is, man. Like, 
again, our ancestors went so deep into this, they were feeding beetles gold. Like, it's funny because we have, like, all of this alchemical equipment now, and, like, we're really thinking we're making it. And the reality is, is that back in the day, they just had a metal-eating beetle, and what it did was it would eat it, and then its excrement would be the monatomic, and you would eat the excrement from the beetle because there was nothing that could process gold that well that was physically built on earth only a natural you know I mean? thing could do that yes so there's always a way is what i'm saying it, 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 i completely i i always i mean being from the background of a biologist like i studied mm -hmm. microbiology that's my my real first love is really understanding life science yes right and in yoga it goes so deep into understanding the metaphysical energy that's within your body through the tangible physical energy which is your body yes and now we think about the natural transformation of a beetle eating dirt or perhaps you know a golden nugget yeah and being able to <laughs> you know have excrement that's actually utilized yes. by a human like all of this is is so natural and that's yeah. why i always you know tell people yeah. like eat of the earth like yeah. eat the raw energy like this is it's yeah. all accessible and to you, and you know it's, it's interesting because because it's such a great teacher, it actually shows us where the blocks are at in our mind. Because if for one moment we think about eating the byproduct of something else, at, at this day and age, it's like a person would get disgusted. Like, oh my God, what do you mean I'm eating some shit? When really, <laughs> oxygen is the byproduct of a tree. Exactly, right? we're so breathing. We're breathing it and it's keeping us alive. And of course, if you're ever a farmer, which was why, you know, that was all instrumental in the tribal setting, especially for you to see how plants really grow. Mm -hmm. You know that the dung from this cow is the best fertilizer. So we bring that into life mm -hmm. and we see that the shit that we deal with has a tendency to produce the roses of, of what we become. Yeah. Right. And uh, and just dealing with that daily because, you know, it's great to know that. And it actually is very securing in many ways. But that's what we were saying about. So the mind secure. But now we got to make sure the body is on point because maybe all that time it took for you to learn that you were doing that in a position like this and, you know, like this and you're just reading this book or whatever. So that's what this 360 groove is also really about because it's kind of it's unlocking a tri-merge dynamic in the human consciousness when generally there is a preference to buy buy uh, systems or binary systems. Yep. Right. And then everything is so binary around us, black, white, you know, it's like computer, this kind of thing where we're going into that, what we like to say is a uh, trinary, which is sometimes even seen as alien in a world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like where you start to find that floating point mm -hmm. and, you know, you'd be doing the handstands and the balance and all of that. So like last night, uh, you know, we got into a conversation very briefly about frequency and the constants. Mm -hmm. And I went to bed last night, ultimately, after doing some research when I got home, with realizing that harmony is not achieved at all with one frequency. You know, you always refresh yourself. It's of the com combinations of the frequencies together. And then you hear a sound that sounds like the THX movie theater thing. Mm -hmm. And that's everybody coming together in harmony, even though singing at a baritone, a soprano, or 528 hertz, or whatever, but everybody is playing at a certain octave where we all meet. Well, we call this the Trinity. Yes. You know, and officially, it's like the past, the present, the future. Yes. The sun, the moon, the earth. You yes. Know, the body, the soul. Yes. The mind. 
Yes. And so essentially I think that we really come into this understanding that the trifecta is what brings forth the greatness. Yes. And yes. I feel that with this concept of where we are in present time, you know, so many people are so attached to it has to be this way or it has to be that way. And I'm like, it can be this and it can be that all at the same time. And it most likely is, right? <laughs> because that's, that's the wild thing about the paradoxes. Everything is happening at one time. And if you find yourself just getting polarized to your preference at that moment, it may make you a little insensitive to what's going to come next. Mm -hmm. And then you may be a little bit surprised. Now, surprise is great, you know, especially when it's a great surprise, right? But, you know, we always work when you have responsibilities to really be able to chart out and know on a probability level what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. And when you abide by these laws of harmonics, you really know what's going to happen next basically what you project mm -hmm. and I got to that stage also in my life you know just seeing myself doing so many different things early in life and not working as consciously with myself mm -hmm. and then reaping all these results but not really knowing where these results were coming from especially the negative results mm -hmm. and then when finally coming into a center balance with self starting to realize the things that I was inviting in my life the ex actions that I was making all those were really really affecting my life it was just that I was doing so many I couldn't figure out which one. And that's when I came right around time that I got instructed to come to Costa Rica because it well, stopped everything. What do you mean everything. by instructed? Well, because I, I went on this journey for two weeks where the idea that people have of God, we were on a two-way together. And meaning that the, the direct communication between me and my higher self was completely open. And for a while, for a moment, it was startling, especially when it initially happened because, happened because it was like a voice uh, that was moving on its own volition. But because I had so much spiritual experiences already before then, I was able to hang with it long enough to actually see if it was really telling the truth. And then once I was able to authenticate several times, because I think we're naturally skeptics. Mm -hmm. And totally. it kind of showed me in so many different ways that, look, I'm just really trying to help you. Then I confirmed that that was what was going on, and I went on the journey. And so many of the things that I learned weren't even going to be things that you would even consider to be true, let alone ask if it was true or not. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, for me, a magnificent journey. And in that, because I always have maintained that connection, but had it so strong then, I asked, so where should I go? After I had unraveled my life and I was finally free of all of the, the weight that I had been tying myself around, and it just said Costa Rica. And, um, and so that's what I mean by it said, because I like to refer to myself in that moment. I was literally like not actually even inside of self. So I was ex having a conversation with self because the self was God and someone separate than me. Mm -hmm. And that's what I feel like, again, when I started doing what I began to do and sharing information with others, that was the central part of what I was bringing was understanding about how you get this thing going on inside of you and you start seeing your whole story from inside and matching all the characters up to things going on inside, it will naturally reveal itself to you virtually without any books or much of anything external to try to, you know, teach you or confirm something to you. And this works well for hard heads. Yeah. I would like to say that because generally, you know, when you have a somewhat of a rebellious spirit, which is the spirit of America, you have this thing where it's like, 
you know it all. And I even see this in my daughter. I see this in children all the time. It's like you're telling them something like, you, you, they, oh, I know how to do it. And you know they've never done it. Sure, yeah, I know how to do it. So this is a natural part of how we are. And that's, of course, the beautiful thing about even, you know, having kids. Because at a certain point, you get a chance to see, well, the way that we act, the core fundamentals of how we act as human beings is not even personal. So when you see people acting and doing certain things like know-it-alls and that kind of stuff, it's just a matter of their maturity levels and how much they've been able to experience in life thus far. And so if you can at least see that and observe that and say that's something that needs to change, well, you also have to equally be grateful that you're aware of something like yeah. that rather than, of course, you know, trying to elevate yourself over others because you've discovered something. Because truly in the whole thing, you found, you found out nothing, right? Because <laughs> it's a whole you know, different thing. And you learn to, if you, if some people like to use the word surrender. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like to see it as you can now be a complete optimist, meaning that you can actually now never be defeated by something that's trying to make you think it's all over with mm. because there is no end. It, and so all of those kind of things start making sense to you. They, they don't become just statements. They become feelings. And I think that this is the last straw to the whole thing is like the experiences that I was going through it was all feelings mm. so when I was able to come back later on and learn all of the tradition and the symbolism and the languages and all that I was able to put those feelings into something that I that could be articulated and that let me be able to use the full lexicon of uh, English to be able to describe something that is rather complex and even personal in many ways Definitely, yeah. definitely. So <laughs> you've spoken a little bit about mantra, mm -hmm. and I've also heard you speak about lexicon and language, mm -hmm. and I want to hear a little bit about what understanding truly is Yes. and how understanding can bring forth wholeness. Yes. Because in yoga, we speak so much about unity, and even the sound of om being you know, the past, the present, and the future all intertwined into one sacred sound. Yes. So how can sound actually help us to bring forth the realization of our truest intentions? Shoot, the great thing about sound is it's never changed. Like, the octaves and the scales of sound are replete. And once one connects that even to the, the word organ, as in the organs of their body and then also the organs they be playing in the, in the church, they'll see that the organs themselves are actually moving at the same rate of the heart, that generally should move if the body is healthy at the same rate of the celestial correspondence. Mm -hmm. And because this is all one big blueprint and this is what we dig deep into and have so much fun with, it really begins to show you, yeah, when you're out of this harmony, you're really creating this sickness or this disharmony within yourself. So, but I, I, the goal of this is because masters have already talked about this. It's about when I'm stuck trying this one way, there's another way in. And I think yeah. that this is the key because it's not that there are not brilliant systems and teachers that have already come into the space, being masters in their own way, giving a, a way to come into the awareness of the matrix, if you may. Yeah. And the beauty of, of, of what... I'm bringing forth and others are bringing forth is the awareness that, but there's not just one way into this because when there's just one way that could possibly be exactly what is diametrically opposed to the person that is trying to go in that same direction. 
And this has a lot to do then with what we call celestial mechanics, like why magnet magnetics repel, like what attracts. How do you set your body up to pull in rather than push out? And then how more efficient you would be if you can pull in what you need and then have it filtered based on only the things that you want. And how you can send those clear signals out by not sending mixed signals with confused thoughts. And so it does bring us right back into that space of creating a discipline. And then you just have a firm foundation to begin to build all your stuff on. And I think lang what language allows us to do is because we've been using language for so long, you can't, and then languages can't be changed really easy. Like you can't just go to a group of people and say, here's a new language that never came from anywhere. It, all languages have to abide by certain rules. Yep. So once we learn these keys into the language, which are the same keys that are in music, which are the same keys that are in astronomy, it, it opens this thing up to us and saying, well, well, yeah, I could actually come into the awareness of this in a different way. So when I find a problem, I can use different methods of solving that problem if I get stuck in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And so it just kind of lets us know that there's always a way here, and, and that's the gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I love that. That concept also brings me to this, this idea. And this idea is based on something that has been very resonant within my being from the time that I can remember. And I feel that each human is very much so connected not only with sound, but also with vibration. And then with vibration brings forth the numerical values of mathematics, which brings a language to all matter. Yes. And so if we speak about mathematics, the first thing that comes to mind is seven. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to ask you, why Savan? <laughs> That's interesting because Savan is actually my middle name. So it's my middle name with the S moved in front. And that kind of happened through a sequence of awareness of what language is. Mm -hmm. And in the whole thing, I realized that I had been, because everybody knew me as seven for a while, like even before the Savan happened. And it Why was though? like. Why? Why do you feel? Why did that happen? Man, just that there's a code that's kind of written already. Like even my birthday, you know, I, everybody has this. I don't want people to think that I'm just some kind of unique being. Only thing that I did was is I figured it out and I let it empower me yes. rather than disempower me. And then the more I kept digging, the more it kept talking. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole, meaning it kept, it kept deciphering life, mm -hmm. right? And that's when you're getting into yourself because what happens is we can become so demoted or degraded in life where our value actually becomes lower and lower and lower in our consciousness. Mm -hmm. And apparently higher self was seeing how that had affected me over years and years and still having so much potential, which many of us have great potential, but we don't necessarily have those mentors to be able to coax the kind of potential out to its full awareness mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and bring it into this life. And, that's not as much of a dynamic as it was in the past as it is to, uh, it's not as much of a dynamic in the past as, uh, anyway, I'm basically saying in a nutshell that it's, we used to see people and know that every person had something unique and we wanted to unlock that because it's like unlocking a treasure. Mm -hmm. Once you open their uniqueness, it's not going to be the same. Now imagine if you were opening a gift and you knew what was already in the box, 
it's not even really a gift then. You don't even feel the excitement of opening it. Yeah. But if every person is a gift, and you have a, a technique of being able to unlock it, this means you walk through life exploring and adding more to your awareness because that's what also our uniqueness is, right? It's something that we're able to teach or something we're able to share abundantly. Like a tree is, fruit is its uniqueness. And so I started putting in all of, all of this awareness into a consciousness that was, like I said, quite rebellious in the sense to, I had felt like, especially after 9-11, that everything was not as I thought and that I had been betrayed and that, you know, this and this and this. And there started becoming just more of a negative field around everything that, that I was doing. And this is also the same thing that's happening now because when there's a lot of people to blame, you never, or you never can let yourself go. It's now always up to them to fix whatever it is that they did wrong to you or whatever they did wrong to society before you can move on. Mm -hmm. And what I was being taken through was a crash course of how that needed to change. And it started off with me seeing how we all tow a certain line of frequency in all, all of the whole spectrum. And if we took a billion of us and added all that little bit up, it would create something big. Some people uh, embody certain things a lot more and they act like that in the reality, but we all have a little bit of it in us. And so it was really about balance then. It wasn't about judging about one pole or another. And it was also being grateful that in a reality that teaches us through contrast that we had characters basically that were willing to act out certain roles, not ways that we would want to be, but certain roles for us to see that's not how we want it to be. Mm -hmm. Right. And then allowing that to keep allowing us to grow like, whoa, this is like the most advanced technology that I could ever experience is life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that kind of brings us right full circle with the whole thing in relation to technology, because it, it would appear to everybody else that we're getting somewhere with technology, that it's growing uh, like now with artificial intelligence. But actually, it's always a mimicry of what we already have and what we were always doing. And we're kind of being sold that as this is the thing that's going to save us. And I even bought into that years ago growing up in technology. And it was interesting how it was embedded in the mind that because of the technology, because of the computers, this was going to make a better future for all of us. And for sure, in, in certain ways it did, but it didn't in the ways that we thought. Hmm. We thought our primaries, our health, like, is this technology going to be able to cure cancer? Is it going to be able to remove poverty? We thought about it using it that way, not necessarily the Facebook and, you know, the, the just buying on Amazon and getting it right to your front door. We didn't think about it that way. And so it's, it's wondrous that we're now in a new spiritually technical revival mm. where there's a precedence more on understanding the tech of body of the body and the mind and the soul yoga is one of those technologies right a very powerful technology and that we now see that as being the most instrumental and illustrious at getting us to the next stage rather than a higher megapixel on the camera or something you know what i mean so definitely definitely and i feel like when we think of you know such a a diverse idea as technology like really like technology i feel like is it's such a loaded word yeah because essentially it almost has like a, a negative connotation considering that technology i feel is what has continued to evolve to separate man from his connection to nature 
mm-hmm. when in fact nature is the most advanced technology exactly. that there is. Exactly. It comes <laughs> it comes in as the definition of the word because you know even Aztec has tech behind it. So you know any linguist knows that we could take the back of something and and try to figure out what is the what is the word or what is the feeling that we're trying to express versus what is the the definition that has the most PR, hmm. right? And and this is where you know personally I find the most work still needs to be done is the awareness of what words really mean, what we're really kind of saying, and what symbols really mean because that's our, that's. That's our manifested power, mm-hmm. right? Like we speak it into existence. And so the more we're able to align our words with exactly where our heart is, then the faster the manifest, or I would say even the safer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> faster is kind of like, you know, it's, you know, we don't always look for faster. That's like saying hurry up and pray or something like that. So it's, we, you know, you want something balanced. And when, you're, when you have your mind and your heart and your soul in tune with each other and you're bringing out something, it comes out in this perfection. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, these are wondrous times. You know, there's a lot of knowledge still to be gleaned. But the most important thing is, is that we've come together in unison. <laughs> yeah. Unison. In this time, you know, it's like we're restoring ancient mysteries like to you know and also to make sure i finished the question that you were asking earlier because it was in relation to numbers mm-hmm. you know in the ancient traditions the root word math is maat and if you can see that you'll see oh yeah there must be a connection between m-a-t-h and m-a-a-t and it is mm-hmm. in fact and it's funny because it starts turning things on its head right away because we even think of math as being like a masculine thing like we're always back there with the calculators and stuff right mm-hmm. but in the ancient tradition, it shows it's actually more of a feminine thing because it has to do with nature, and nature is numbers. So nature is the one really knowing all the probabilities and how things are going to add up and all of that stuff. So you just get a total deep dive exploration in self when you put your words in the right orders. Mm-hmm. And then you also realize where that floating point is because in this whole thing, we've been talking about balance. And I've been processing a lot of the energy that's been coming through in relation to the stuff taking place in the world, the election and things. And all we're seeing again is another rendition of the divine feminine and the divine masculine inside of us still not solving the conflict, the red and the blue. And what the reality is also saying to us is that now we're reaching a 50-50 now. Where it's not that what we would call the masculine energy is higher or the feminine energy is higher. They're both at equal, and this is then where we either create something together that is perfect, or we destroy each other. And that's happening in micronucleuses, where Mm. you will have masculine and feminines inside and outside in strong relationships, literally canceling each other out because of them being still now equal to their power. Because the benefits of, let's say, if you could say there's benefits of when there's a 70-30, is you have a force that comes through that nothing is really trying to change or trying to do something different with. It's like, okay, they, we all going in this direction. Yep, but when you, majority. <laughs> yeah, but when you get a 50-50, it's like, no, I'm just as strong as you, and I want to say so in the direction that we're going. Mm-hmm. And then the other force is like, and I do too, and surely it can't be the same way. This is what I feel like even now uh, what's been built is that idea, when really it's like, now we can get to where we're going yep, because, because we, this, yes, we have that, that, that balance of, let me push it all the way over there. Yes. Now you push it all the way back exactly. over here. Exactly. And it's that power of 
harmonic balance. Yes. You know, equal yes. and opposite. Yeah, white keys, black keys. And this is what we need to always keep fresh in our consciousness because overall, this is exactly what the society is not teaching. This is, this is their red versus blue, Lakers versus Bulls. That energy is bringing conflict in the soul. It's bringing conflict in the relationship. It's bringing conflict into almost every medium of communication as a norm. Mm -hmm. When really, it's, this is used to generate because we can see what it's done. The male and the female are used to rub together and then they create another one. Yep. Not to explode and <laughs> nothing is there. So, you know, we get a chance to like align ourselves with that. And each each bit of the journey is, is teaching us different parts of that. So we give thanks. You know, I can remember when all this wasn't as clear to me. So that's why, you know, I try to find other ways to explain it. Enter into other sanctums. This is another thing I, I feel like there's all these sanctums where there's a lot of people, but there's not necessarily a cross-pollination of sanctums. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because <laughs> even like uh, one example is like most of our kids are actually sitting in video games and virtual reality. And we have a lot of, you know, our teachers and math, oh, they're, you know, never go in there, never touch that. You're lost. And it's like, well, shoot, if they're lost, then we lost because that's where the majority is. So either somebody sued up. And, you know, or, or adapt or create something or, you know, we take this L. So yep. I'm always like, I don't feel like I'm ever personally sacrificing myself for something uh, uh, and I'm going to lose it all once I do that. And that just comes from, you know, overall awareness of self. Mm -hmm. So I try to do the best that I can to go into those spaces. And, and I feel like that that's also the challenge to determine if we've really expanded our consciousness because you've got to be able to take it up. And then you've got to be able to bring it all the way back down. And I've noticed in life that if you can't bring it back down, you get very uncomfortable with being in that lower vibratory frequencies or whatever you're calling it. And, and what that just means is, is that your adaptation levels, you know, you got to be able to flow through the bridge yep. and, you know, walk amongst everybody and still be on that same vibration. And that's a challenge that you have to accept yourself. I, I feel that, you know, many of the, the great thinkers, the incredible healers, and the thought leaders of the world yes. have been people like the Mother Teresa's, people like the Maya Angelou's, people like Jesus, people like Buddha, who have literally walked through the peasants and given wisdom to the rich men and women. And, and I feel like, essentially, that's the beauty of true passion that comes from a deep sense of purpose that is intertwined with the heart. Yes. Just, and yes. that love transcends all yes. people. Yes. That archetype is, is a very powerful archetype. It's like it's sitting on the harmonic. Hmm. And that's really what it is. And that generally takes the being to have gone through the whole gamut of experiences at times. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always say I never seen anybody that became something that went through nothing. <laughs> you know, it's just really like you really, and that's what you can start even looking at your misfortunes as and yeah. how that becomes your fertilizer and how you can stop thinking about, oh man, I messed up on X amount of time in my life. But that means that you also have to start getting comfortable with where you're at now. And that is another one of my mantras that if 
I'm totally comfortable with where I'm at right now. I'm not trying to move around anything or change anything or, oh, I shouldn't have married this person or I shouldn't. I'm not trying to touch any of that because that means that I'm living in a totally different future. Mm -hmm. So it always just means that move yourself to a point of balance now and comfortability with yourself. And that's when all these things that you think happened in the past, that becomes the good story. Because when I see, like, I've seen some movies and even some, some scripts that they make you cry. And I, I, I worked to find what was the template in that. Like, how can you elicit, even within three minutes, I've seen, like, some, some get accomplished in three minutes. And I said, you know, what is the format here? And when I stripped it all down, what I found was is that it was the misfortune. If you tell a story that only has fortune... No matter how, that's like you bringing in all of the props, all of the, you know, you got everybody in the costume and everything, and it's like the sun is out and all this. Too many colors. Yeah. And you just, you never, you've never taken them into that ravine. Mm -hmm. So you've never, you didn't do this with the frequency. You just went <laughs> parabolic, right? So, yeah. And, and many times we're afraid to tell our story because we're curating our lives, right? That's social media, right? You just, we put a couple just filters on it. highlight reel. Exactly. Only that. And, you know, let me edit this. And so that's just this big thing about we want something, but we don't want to act the way to actually get it, even though that way is actually truly how we are and how things are. Hmm. See what I mean? So, it's, so this is also, again, why I'm an optimist, because it means literally that people are so close to doing this. The only thing they need is like that tip of a domino where all of a sudden it trends to not curate anything. You know what I mean? It trends to come in with a little sleep in your eyes, playing to everybody how life is real. And, you know, just because you have all these beautiful pictures, you actually wake up early in the morning. Just, you know, this yeah. level of, hey, you know, instead of me sharing pictures of everything, here's a plant, here's a tree, here's something that actually really does, you know, we can learn more from this, mm -hmm. right? And so, yeah, that, that's, that's what we got. And, you know, of course, you know, we're always building adaptations, software, technologies, physical, mental, spiritual courses, etc., to be able to push people more into that direction and also give them the opportunity to be able to do that from zero. I always believe that the onboarding, literally, it starts with, oh, it starts with zero. Mm -hmm. To be able to bring somebody even into this kind of awareness that we're sharing, there is that first class of yoga. Yeah. And you may not be able to bend that leg anywhere in the beginning, but you stick with it Next thing you know, you're doing handstands. At least that's what I believe right now. So come check me out in about two or three months Straight when up, I pop the coming. handstand he's on coming. you. He's coming. He's coming. <laughs> Off a cliff. You know what I mean? No support. No net. You know what I mean? That's what. <laughs> you got it. You got it. It's happening right now. Yes. Straight up. Yes. I feel like, um, you know, you've spoken many times about mentors. Yes. And having the ability to bring someone from zero into fully embodied in their own understanding. Yes. And I really wanted to hear more about some of the people, perhaps, or some of the authors, maybe past or present or future, hmm. who may have been some of your mentors. And what are the qualities that you see in a mentor? That's a funny question because... I remember one time somebody asked me that on a radio show and I was so like still like in an altered state of consciousness. I, I don't have any mentors. That's what I said. And I still get comments about that. How can a person have no mentors? And uh, it's just that I didn't have anything fresh on my mind at that time to, to bring forward. So mm. I'm not as prepared for the question. But what happens with me is, is that I've been able to like anyone who's made an impact. 
like let's take Napoleon Hill, for instance. Mm -hmm. There's something in there, and I learned so much. I learned about how you create something that people go from one, two, three, four, five, how to reinforce certain uh, concepts and ideals that are universal. So it's like each person, I'm learning something, and I see a lot of new beings that are here on YouTube that have their own spin and variant. So it's like, I just never have, I know so many things. I've never really been able to uh, uh, get a top five, like who's your favorite rapper kind of list of, you know, things that, um, that will help beings. And, and, and what I, what I kind of look at though is, is I look at more core principles and ideals like cymatics. Mm. You know what I mean? And like really connecting that sound is shape is color. Mm -hmm. And there's a plethora of materials in there. The heart's ring, like Dan, Daniel Winter's work about understanding how your blood should implode mm. and how slow blood and sluggish blood stops doing that. And this creates a problem with even being able to journey in your dream. Mm. Um, there's just so many illustrative teachers like Osho, not even from the level of reading any of his stuff, but from the level that everybody says, man, that message sounds like Osho. Like, I've never read Osho, but there's always been an energy like me and Osho was on the same thing. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of, of Osho's community still here in Costa Rica, and we've always vibed. Mm -hmm. So what I'm getting at here is, is that I have these unique connections with every being, even Funk Flex sometimes. And it's just like, all I'm doing is, is I'm refining and I'm distilling what I'm looking at. So instead of like trying to immediately judge what, how I'm not similar to that being, mm -hmm. I'm seeing what is it that is, is creating the resonance that they're giving off. Mm -hmm. And then I'm able to enjoy that gym. So there's a lot of beings out here that we don't even know. Like uh, obviously, uh, and there's those that we do know. And that's why I built something that would highlight as much as possible all these beings and be able to cultivate the new ones that are coming. Um, and then also a huge repository for all of this information for others to be able to come in and say, okay, so because I've been on this for 10 years. So I've went through a lot of different things. So I left all those notes. I left a personal diary, if you may. It's about four to 600 videos of the experience. Mm -hmm. So from those materials, I, I feel like people can go into that and get something that they gravitate or harmonize with because it's so rich in gems. Yeah. And then as far as like who's standing out more than others with knowledge and information, there are for sure some. It's just like, I know so many still. And yeah. it's like, I can't even center into one of them. Like I just think of all of them, like Nassim and, you know, even Ike and Sabak and there's so many. And, and this is actually, I think this is to get out something that I noticed when I had the opportunity to read all the way up to F in the encyclopedia because I had no other books to read at that stage. I saw all of these people that I never knew, never would know, and nobody ever knew them either. Hmm. And when they would mention their name, they would mention all the things that done, they discovered this, and this was how we were able to get blood into the system and all that, but nobody knows this person. And so we've had so many beings come through this that have left an impression on earth and built something that we're standing on right now, whether we know it or not, and no one remembers them. That's why I love to tap into that collective force, because in that collective force, they're all remembered. Yes. Right. And so 
at this rate, now somebody says, just give us the list. <laughs> Holla at me a little bit. I, I'll probably have something compiled in a good book list because I've been wanting to do that myself just to start it because there were certain things that I read and learned, and I was like, man, this would have saved me like 50 books. <laughs> and we're always doing that. We're always trying to find, like, it's not, our goal is not to, hold you in place for hours, years, and make you go through something if, it's, if it doesn't need that. Mm -hmm. Now, some stuff you're going to have to do that anyway. Yeah. You know, because that's another thing we're not a big fan of is you, fast, exactly. as I say. Yeah, that's you, like, you, know, you can screw like, yourself up. give you this and magic bean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no, like, electronic that we could turn on and it's going to change you overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really all about, you know, your personal integration and, and, and how you're using it to, to help you correct yourself, right? And consistency. Yeah. Like, being consistency with that, that desire to want to learn, not from a place of ego being over something but instead integrating that yeah. something so that you can then better your environment yes. better those around you better your relationships and better your frequency within this realm of divine energy exactly and make it, make it yours. Uh, man i i i feel like so much of what you have said has resonated with this concept of what i would say is like the the true seeker you know like when we think about truth and how truth is, it's always changing. Yes. Truth is different to everyone. Yes. But in essence, truth is also that resonance that we both can see and appreciate as a harmony. Yes. And I think that essentially right now, I feel like there's more truths that are being revealed. I know this is for sure the time of truth, and we can tell that because, let's say 10 years ago, some of us were kind of like ripening early from the tree, and we would talk about certain things, and it may get you even excommunicated from the environment that you were in. You may lose yep. some friends. Now those same friends are calling back. Also, there's like a breaking of the ice that's happened here in the world, especially with this quote unquote pandemic and whatever's happening. And it's about appreciation. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, a large group of people, millions of souls trying to return to a norm that is never going to happen again. And there were intentions and dreams that are completely crushed, if you may, because now traveling and lots of other things are not even available anymore. And what this does though simultaneously is it lets us know, hey, the longer you wait on doing something, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna be available all yeah. the time. And so it, there's a growing up in that too, mm -hmm. because there's a certain maturity about, hey, get this while you can. Like, at least you got legs to do yoga. Yep. You know what I mean? At least you can, you can, you got comprehension you can read. And even what you can get at a library can make you a genius, but it's still gonna take you to invest this time and this attention within yourself. And until you do that, Anything that you feel like is wrong, that you want to end, it's going to continue. Mm. <laughs> and this is like that. Some people learn that way, too. Like, I feel like personally, I don't learn in a way where when things are going well At, in the beginning, I wasn't a going well learning person. Mm -hmm. Things had to get messed up completely for me to wake up to what was going on. Now I learn. I, I can avoid all that. And I think that's what people are really looking for is that they want to be safe in the future. They want to make sure that, that nothing's going to happen to them wrong. 
And that's the only way that you're going to be able to do that. And so it's and it's a promise. Like it's not like, okay, maybe this is going to work for me. Maybe he's going to meet me in the sky when I finally come out of the body. This is a, I know what's going to happen because now I've come into full awareness of myself. So it's once again, you know, making this trend, if you may, and making it what we know that, well, trend again, I'll say that because this is how we always operated. And, but let us see, see this as the, the first thing that we should now be engaging in, no matter how old we are, and no matter what's going on around us, like, look, here's just two more examples mm-hmm. of some things that applied it in their life. Like they always say, I'm not only the client, I'm the president, right? I applied it in my life. It worked. I'm the proof of it. Yeah. Like I'm staying out here right now. I've been in Costa Rica for 10 years. I don't have to argue unless I want to with a tree or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it puts a whole different level of, because you can have this experience. Yeah. And, you know, you can choose these things. I came here also, somebody say, hey, man, yeah, I don't have the money. When I left, because I was trying to leave where I was, I think I had my plane ticket and around $800. And that was enough. I landed on the ground. I was, so it, you can make it happen is what I'm saying you know, if you really want it. And there's always going to be somebody that's able to assist you once you get into the right vibration anyway. So, yeah. I'd say what are three golden nuggets that you can give people who are on their path mm-hmm. but have not really found that motivation or that consistency or that discipline to really decide to make it happen? Yeah, well, I always have to say my highest maxim first, which is all is self mm. You'll be here to however long it takes you to figure that out. That's what I realized. And it also helps you process the past experiences you've had with others and also the experiences that you're going to have on your journey. Give an example of that. All is self. Well, shoot, man. Like, I always think of the worst of the worst. Like, in my mind, I kind of go, well, what's the lowest? And, you know, when you study occultism and you feel vibrations and energy, you realize that there are forces that are really connected to what we would say is evil. Mm. And so where most people get stuck is they feel like that they don't have any kind of connection to something like that and that this is another thing. And this creates like so much disconnection. And what I started realizing was is that there was a small part even of what that was inside of me. And I mentioned that earlier. And that while it may not be super magnified, if we took 10,000 people and we added up all that little bit, we would then get that force that we don't like so much. Yeah. So all itself is basically saying, look, you to be able to overcome ultimately your nemesis, you're going to have to realize how that exists in you. Now, in occultism, what they also refer to this just specifically as is not allowing the power of God to escape your body. Like to escape your being because only within your being can you obtain it or, and contain it. But once it becomes external, it's out of control. So I feel like that it's you taking a responsibility in your life for everything. And a lot of people have started coming into how they have this creative power and that they're really creators. But in that, you need to accept the bad creations yeah. 
the trials and errors that we also go through even when we're experimenting or thinking about what we want to do. Like, let me try this and the results of that and how sometimes the results are not, you know, they're, they're still moving in their own volition, but they're not balanced, right? So that's one. The second thing is realizing that a lot of this is directly connected to the diet. Mm. That if you're feeling like you're catching the flux and in the vortex all the time, you probably need to drop some shit out of the cargo hanger. And what this it's literally so means is, is that there are things that you could be consuming and you can look at it with common sense and know it doesn't have any life in it. And if you, look, if you find yourself in the flux zone, eat things that have life in them and you will start catching natural thrust to get yourself out of the situation, your consciousness, your mind, everything gets lighter. And this is another way to, to directly affect something without necessarily having to go into a theism or a dogma. Mm-hmm. I always say that if you're trying to enlighten somebody and wake them up and you just want to explain to them how maybe the tradition they've been believing in for the last 20 years is not true, it's better probably to go at the diet and you would get way more results than you just feeling like you were right and they finally bowed down to whatever it is that you were trying to tell them. So it's just about going at the body and realizing how the energy um, is configured to you know, take you up or to bring you down. And then lastly, I, I think it would be uh, about relationships because relationships is such an interesting dynamic, uh, especially in relation to how communication really works with that. Mm-hmm. I did a whole opus on this, so I'm not going to actually try to even take it apart even in this session. I put something together, and it's called The Goddess Mm. and The Explorer. And And the core of it is just the simple fundamentals of understanding that, first of all, you are really an androgynin. But when you understand the roles between the poles and what their real objectives are, then you're able to really create a a powerful cycle of energy, not only within yourself, but also the things that are around you, because you actually let people and things be in their place rather than you actually trying to, you know, do too much and then making life uncomfortable for you. So in a nutshell, just relationships and and really getting those dynamics because everything is a relationship that we deal with in life. So the better you are at relationships, if you keep seeing your relationships ending on the rocks, even like your 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 job relationship, people that are around you, it's a sign for sure to go back in on the fundamentals. And I think also personally that those fundamentals have not been highlighted as well as far as the 2020 version of what the divine masculine and the divine feminine role plays in each of us now. That's that's <laughs> honest. That is one of the biggest spaces for opportunity I yes. feel right now. Yes. Because so many people come to me and they're like, you know, are you gay? Like, are you straight? Like. I don't get it, you know, like, you teach yoga, but I see you with pretty girls, like, what do you really like, and I'm like, I'm like, this is, the reality of being is being in harmony with all beings, yes, like, I can love, you know, the bird, the butterfly, I can love the bees, the trees, like, I can love you, yes, and I can love everyone that I have the opportunity of being in harmony with, yes, and I feel that that concept is so deeply intertwined into yoga and now with like yoga and meditation coming to uh, a more mainstream space yeah and with things like you know what you've done with understanding and all of what you've created it's like people are now getting to the space where they're like okay yeah 
I'm open to be myself yeah. so that I can actually appreciate another. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like we can summarize that as getting beyond the profane. Mm. I feel like there's a profane definition of an androgynous. There's a profane definition of a man that is tapped into his divine feminine and etc. And when we stop playing the cooties, basically, right? and we start really, really seeing what these powers do, mm-hmm. that's when we have power. That's directly where the power is. So, and then I also tell everybody, of course, based on what we've seen in the reality thus far, the most confusion is going to be around that. Mm-hmm. Because that's the doorway to the power. So if you can't realize how to actually come entwine with yourself internally, how to actually take your masculine and feminine inside mm-hmm. and make them together without blowing up, but actually growing and creating something, that's the whole of what all of all of the books and everything are attempting right? to teach. That's that's maturity. <laughs> that yes. that's that's getting into the realm of actually utilizing that kundalini energy. Yes. Allowing yes. that rise of divine feminine and masculine within yourself, yes, so that you can harmonize and thus attract your divine flame. Exactly, it's going <laughs> to give. It's going to give you everything. It's going to give you the confidence. You know, it's going to allow your energetic field also to be where it's not pulling, as we talked about before. Like when you're like sucking energy from somebody, and mm-hmm. because you don't feel like you can sustain yourself. You know what I mean? Because you're maybe in this desperation of like, I need something. You know, you turn this thing on, you realize, yo, I got everything I need right here. You feel comfortable with being alone. And, you know, even if you choose to be around beings after that and and live your life, it's like from a totally different dynamic. And you're contributing more into the space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's definitely a need for, for, for that to be more prominent because at, in conclusion, it's like we're, we're being treated constantly by these governments, et cetera, like we're children all the time. Yep. And that they're the parents. <laughs> and so now we have like 50 or 60-year-old kids running around that still have not taken the total responsibility of the vessel that they're in. And the power of this is it can get dangerous in your life to have something so powerful as your being and not really know what to do with it or know how it works yep. and how it functions. And so this is now for us a huge, I don't know if you want to say a renaissance. Like it's a time where we're now getting to the the meat of, if you may, the matter. And I'm so glad. And also we're doing that in a very advanced society, if you may. Technological things happening, but also a great need for this to come about, which is when it's a good time to do it. Because when people don't feel like that they need this, they got their good, they got their Home Depot. You know, they got all of this stuff that they can just go and push a button and it's there. Now we're, people are way more integral with realizing, I need to figure out what I'm ultimately going to do about my existence. Mm-hmm. And so we invite you to yourself. Yes. And to really, really re- seeing that you have this power and get sometimes out of your comfort zone. Your environment, you can craft your environment. Sounds, smells, incense. All these different things change the field that you're normally used to. And so if you're trying to move something in your life, start with re-sculpting your environment and stay consistent. This is the biggest thing. None of this stuff works at all when you do it a day. There's no genie in the bottle. But staying constant and consistent at this, I would say if you're looking at Andrew Seeley, you can see you can't achieve that. Like overnight, you ain't going to throw this back there overnight. (laughs) And same thing with this knowledge and wisdom that has been accrued over so many experiences that didn't happen for me overnight. And so 
but there's nothing really different. Maybe 1%, that's the fingerprint, mm -hmm. than me and you. Except for I just pursued this route and it worked for me because so, I was listening to my heart. So that's what we're doing. We're tuning you into your heart. And then you can let your heart tell you from there what resonates and where you should really be going. And that's, that's what I follow. I don't follow the politician. I don't follow what somebody else may be saying. If, if it's not resonating with me, and I unlock that being inside of myself, and, and it takes me to everything that I need to know. Brought me to this man right here. Happy and to be united. <laughs> that was like a homecoming in itself because I see so much in him that I see in myself. And I also see things that I would like to improve within myself. And that's how we grow. That's so that's so what it is. <laughs> well, thank you Man. for your humble brilliance. And <laughs> I am so grateful for this opportunity. The first of many. You know, we were scratching yeah. the surface today. Like, we didn't even get into, like, you know, we just are here and, and just sharing the love. And I, I trust that everybody that's got a chance to dial into this will feel that more than anything because that's actually what you're really going to be able to grow with. Yeah. And so just feel the love and the connection. That's what we're here for. Wholeness. Yeah. Wholeness. <laughs> blessings. <laughs> namaste. Thank you so much for your presence today. Indeed. Each and every one of you. Peace. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's go for take three. <laughs> <laughs> three times the charm, baby. Let's go. <laughs> He's like, 